other fictional friends and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And it's the new year. Woo-woo. Happy 2023, everybody. Yay. Yay. Um, it's a new year for us. It's a new year for everybody. Mm. And I think that that means that it's time to start looking at things a little bit more in depth than we have been probably up until this point. So we decided to um, kick things off for the new year with a new theme, like a new thing that we haven't covered yet on the podcast. So this January, we are talking about dystopian fiction. We're going for the cheery theme. Oh, yes. Very cheerful <laughs> to start the like dreary beginning of the year when it's cold and snowing. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible all the time. Um, but that's what we decided to do because I guess we're glutton for punishment. So, mm-hmm. yep, new year, new dystopia. Yep. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> all month, basically, we're going to be talking about dystopian fiction, um, what we like, what we don't like. And we're kicking things off with um, a film adaptation that I had never heard of until Shireen <laughs> brought it up a little while ago when we were trying to decide what we wanted to look at this month. Um, and today we're talking about 2021's Chaos Walking, uh, starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley, which like I just have questions about because I feel like no one spoke about this film when it came out. No, no not at all. And, you know, like I had said to you, when this came out on Amazon, because it just kind of popped up like new movie yeah. with Tom Holland and Disney, 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 <laughs> I get it, it's fine, Daisy Ridley, and I'm just like, oh, like okay, those are some well-known stars, yeah, yeah, and then I started watching it, and I was like, this seems very familiar, very familiar, um, and then I realized that it's actually based on Patrick Ness's. Uh, book The Knife of Never Letting Go which is uh, the first one in a series so I think it's a trilogy so I think the trilogy is called Chaos Walking that's right yes. and that's where they came with the um, yeah that's where they came up with the actual name of the film itself yeah my understanding from what I've read is that the film adaptation is only technically an adaptation of the first novel but I get the feeling that's not necessarily completely the case either so based on because I read um I read the first one the knife of never letting go yeah um and very different well yeah they did do a good job in some respects with this movie of sticking to the book because Patrick Ness did write the screenplay yeah for sure um but Overall, they really went a lot further in the movie than they do in the first book. So I'm pretty sure that they tried to encompass a lot more from the book. They books. must have tried to incorporate portions of the other two novels as well in the story, I would think. Um, I guess because they didn't know whether or not they were going to make a sequel. And I'm assuming <laughs> Which they... Which they aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, so it was an, this was an interesting ride. I went into this totally blind. Um, and hopefully you guys will too because it's an interesting kind of film. Just don't read anything about it. It's an interesting kind of story to just... I love jumping into a movie without knowing yeah. anything about it. I do that a lot. <laughs> it's fun. You just kind of get into it and you just, you know, you see if you like it or not. Um, so let's do that right now and let's talk about Chaos Walking. Woo woo. <laughs> it's so loud here. We call it the noise. Happened to all the men on this planet. Every thought in our heads were on display. Where are all the women? They're dead. Noise. What is she thinking? Where the hell is her noise? It's strange to see everything you're thinking. You know, it was strange for me too, not knowing what's going on in your head. I mean, I don't know, you might not like my dog or you want to hit me over the head with a rock or something. I like your dog. 
stronger than he knows. No. He knows. You better watch your noise. Snake. 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 If those men catch you, they'll kill you. Get in the boat! If you want to protect the girls, you have to leave now. So, Chaos Walking, like I said, was released in 2021. Um, I don't, did it get a theatrical release? I no, it didn't. Or was didn't. it just Amazon? It, it was an Amazon? Amazon. Okay, it's yeah. an Amazon-specific film. Interesting. Good to know. Which makes no sense, since the audio in the movie is shite. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't always mean anything. Yeah, but they film it like it's going to be released in a theater and then it isn't. Anyway, Chaos Walking currently has a score of 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb and for some reason only 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Makes no sense. I it don't know. That bad. No, come on. That's the critics score. The audience score is 71%. So I always find it interesting when you watch a movie that has like that kind of disparity between what the critics think and what the audience thinks yeah. because I assume the critics are just watching this film and basing it on like what they consider its artistic merits are right. whereas the like the actual audience watching the film are looking for like oh what kind of a good book adaptation is this these are people who've read the novels yep and who wanted to see a film adaptation of them but there's also that element of like was it entertaining like as a standalone movie and yeah. i i'm pretty confident in saying that it was pretty entertaining yeah, actually I'd as far as so. like a sci-fi dystopian movie goes like I had a good time with yeah this one. it's true I went into it like very blind like I really didn't even know what like what any of the film was going to be about I didn't even know what the general plot line was um but it was an interesting enough like it was an interesting premise and an overall an interesting story I would say yeah. um I'm not a huge fan of like dystopian no. novels generally because I find like, you know, they get real sad real quickly. Um, and some people really enjoy that, but it's not really my thing. And also I find that like, because like, so, you know, as I did a degree in English and, you know, I did a lot of courses in English post-secondary. Yeah. It's a lot of dystopian fiction. It's a lot that they have us analyze pretty regularly. I can't tell you how many times I've been set to read 1984. Oh, of course. Um, and you're like, I've read it like three I've times, guys. Like I don't need to read it again. Um, and so I just find that like dystopian is kind of overdone, like from like a, I don't even want to say like academic, but from like a, you know, educational perspective, yeah. like they really set out a lot of dystopian fiction. Uh, to students and like I'm not really sure why I guess maybe it opens up like more discussion mm -hmm. uh, maybe they perceive it as for a wider audience I have to wonder if it's because a lot of the analyzing um that uh, people like, you know, in an educational space would like to have done has to do with a lot of the societal implications of the, you know, the cultures that exist within these books. Yeah. So the idea that can, you know, because there's a lot to speak about the idea that can be explored of like, oh, what if we had a 1984 Big Brother style society? What if we had a Handmaid's Tale oh. style society? Y you know, so I think that I think it's it's something that um, educators are interested in yeah. hearing, I guess, or getting like opinions about from their students and getting students to potentially think about things that aren't just fictional, but like, you know, potential real world yeah. issues and real world implications of maybe having a society that functions like this. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. So I think that I, I'm, yeah. So I can see, I, but I do think it would be like an overload to constantly have stories like this that you would have to yeah. go over, that you would have to talk, talk about, about in school that you're like reading. And, you know, eventually you get to this point where you're like, this feels like the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And then it's like a big discussion every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so chaos walking, uh, follows Tom Holland's character. Who's the lead character. His name's Todd Hewitt. And you will know it by the end of the movie. If you don't know at the beginning, it's <laughs> Todd Hewitt. My name's, My name's Tom Hewitt. Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm, I'm Todd, Todd Hewitt. Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. <laughs> um, so the film opens with a title card that gives you just like a very vague idea of what's going on. The title card says the noise is a man's thoughts unfiltered and without a filter, a man is just chaos walking. Yes. Um, and so basically the premise of this is that we're on a planet that they call the new world. Mm -hmm. We're assuming these are people from earth, basically Mm -hmm. humans who have needed to abandon earth are looking, have been looking for a new planet and had sent years ago, a first wave of humans to this new planet to see whether or not it was inhabitable and they would be able to settle completely settle and thrive on the planet. And what seems to have happened is that there was a weird, almost, virus to a certain extent but not quite that overtook um only the men when they arrived and developed into something that they call noise which is basically all men's thoughts can be heard like outside of their bodies anything they think everybody can hear it and in the movie people can see them as well yes in the book you can actually see animals thoughts or hear animals thoughts oh right yes um and you know in the book the story is, and they don't really go through this very much in the movie, but the story is that when the first settlers came to this planet, there was an indigenous population named the Spackle, or that's what they call them, the right, Spackle. Yeah. And they do allude to them in the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, the story is that the Spackle used a virus to try and like wage, like I guess, biochemical warfare or something <laughs> right, against these new settlers. <laughs> Um, and what happened was like Megan just said, the men, uh, they developed noise, but women did not. Okay. So there, and then you're not given any other information about what that meant, I guess, at least not to begin with, not until later on. So Todd is a young man. You were telling me that in the novel, he's actually quite a bit younger. He's like a few days away from his 13th birthday. Right. But like Tom Holland is not 13. No. And I'm assuming he's meant to be like 18 or something in yeah. the, in the movie yeah. probably in that universe basically. So Todd and his family, um, his, well, who he calls his father named Ben, although he's not his birth father, but no. he's like his surrogate father in every way that matters, I suppose. Um, and hit their, Friend, partner, Killian, not sure. Well, they're his adoptive parents, yeah. right? Ben and Killian. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they keep calling him like our boy. So yeah. they obviously took him in and take care of him. But both of his parents have passed away. His birth father passed away and his mother passed away, apparently, um, when all of the women died. Yes. Or like several years prior. Yes. And Todd is the last boy in Prentice Town. Oh, like the youngest one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And this is this is a really key piece in the book. Yeah. Like, it's really important. In the movie, they just mention it a few times. Yeah. That he's, like, the youngest one, and his mom died, and all the women died, and he's the youngest, and he's, like, the youngest one on this planet, as per the book. 
Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, so Todd and his family live in a city called Prentice town, mm-hmm. uh, which is run by a man named David Prentice. So already Prentice. see, as soon as you get into it, then I think of like Jonestown and I think of like, I'm like, Oh, it's a cult because yeah. if it's named after the person who's in charge, I'm yeah. like, Oh, that can't be, that's good. not good. <laughs> that can't be good guys. That just sounds like a cult to me. Um, so he lives in Prentice town. That's at the mayor, mayor, like the dictator of the town's name is david prentice he's played by mads mickelson great all-star cast oh my god that's why i was also surprised that i hadn't heard anything about it is when you know when we put it on i was like oh this person's in this movie oh this person's in this movie they did no advertising no none none. i'd never heard a word about it until you brought it up i'm telling you it was released during the pandemic though so i wonder if that has something to do with it yeah maybe and maybe it's a combination of that and the direct to amazon prime situation yeah because it felt this is a funny thing to say, but it felt very um, big budget for Amazon Prime direct release. It did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised that they didn't advertise it. Like if they paid for Mads Mikkelsen and Tom Holland and and Daisy Ridley, who had just like she was like really popular at this time because she'd just been in all the they finished the fucking star, star wars, wars movies like a little while ago yeah. right like, like yeah. just before so it was just it was very like huh like why have we not talked about this? yeah it was a strange one so he lives with them in prentice town um and they work as beet farmers was my understanding that's right. and, and that's why he, he hates beets because <laughs> he's just he's always eating beets yeah. and he's like fucking beets all the time yeah you like dog won't yeah. eat beets and i think it, okay so and i think that maybe that's partially what like threw me off a little bit when we were watching the film but then you telling me that Todd in the novel is like about 13 years old it his thoughts are that of a very young person so like when he's like oh hate beats always beats nah this drives me nuts like the way that he thinks and the like the volume at which it exists where you you hear his noise quote unquote is is that of a young teenager like a very young adult yes and and I think that it's a shame that they don't explain the noise a little bit more in the movie because my understanding is that, so they keep telling him, control your noise, control your noise. Yes, yeah. And it's not like Todd takes this as control your thoughts. And that's why he's always standing there going, I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. When he doesn't want people <laughs> to hear what he's thinking. Yeah, but really my understanding is that they can actually select which thoughts get like kind of projected through Interesting. their noise. So that sounds a lot more like control because it's yeah. all your own, you're projecting what you would like people to hear exactly, and containing what you don't want them to basically. Exactly. And like, um, you know, so with him being, you know, younger or supposedly younger, this didn't really work like you said in the movie because, mm-hmm. you know, it's somebody who's young, who's kind of naive, who doesn't really understand the repercussions of not being able to control his noise. And he just looks a little too old for it. Yeah, he's he just, does. He's just a little too old for that where yeah. they, and they didn't they only semi-adapted the screenplay, I would say, to fit that. It's like they just wanted a really big name like Tom Holland to play the character, which I do understand. But at the same time, you can't have Tom Holland seven or eight years ago. You're getting him now, which means that he's older. Yeah, so you got to adapt the screenplay. Yeah, it would have needed to have been that because there were definitely some times, like some of the thoughts he had, I was like, that was weird. That was weird. That's strange for someone his age. That seems weird to me. Um, yeah. So Todd is very, at least from what I could tell, like right off the bat, right. His, you know, his parents basically like, so Ben and Killian are not big fans of David Prentice. Like you can Mm -hmm. tell they just like to keep their distance and keep to themselves. But Mm -hmm. Todd is very much like, because David talks him up a lot Mm -hmm. and see, and you know, 
like tells him how important he is and things. And so Todd's mission in life is basically to impress David. Yeah. And this comes out like quite a lot in the movie. Yeah. In the book though. And this is what I said to you when we were watching it. I was like, I feel like this whole Prentice town thing doesn't take as much space in the book. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't because, um, Todd's parents like Ben and Killian in the book they're essentially setting him up to leave Prentice Town and that's what they've been doing his whole life and so they want him to leave and go on his way with his dog um and they do they they set him off in like the middle of the night at some point and again he's only a few days away from his 13th birthday so he's very young and they set him off on his merry way because they want him to learn about like the truth basically Mm -hmm. right so what we get one day basically is like you know sort of everything's like kind of hunky-dory on its way and um we're introduced to a ship of people who are trying to land on earth who Mm -hmm. are basically meant to be like the second wave of people who Mm -hmm. are coming um from whatever very large vessel that they have onto earth so that they can bring supplies food Mm -hmm. whatever else like you know can be helped with probably other animals i would assume like that kind of thing so they're meant to be landing and daisy Ridley's character, um, who is just like the girl for quite a while, Mm -hmm. uh, she's part of the crew who's doing this. Um, and, but of course, you know, as pretty much like very, very standard sci-fi type of dystopian stuff, of course, they're trying to land something malfunctions and Mm. they crash land and she's the only survivor. That's right. The cliche of that is a lot for me. I find I'm just, it's a little tired. I'm like, okay, sure. I know it's an easy plot device, but like, God. And that's what it was in the book. Like they don't really go into too much because he kind of stumbles upon her. Yeah. Um, and it's not at all in the way that they do in the movie. And she's just, she takes him back to the ship and she's like, here are my dead parents. Hey, my parents died like, uh, while we were trying to land. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, so she crash lands and is by herself in the woods. Oh, right. That's right as well. Because they're coming down to check on things because they've lost contact with the first wave. Yeah. Any ships that existed, like they lost contact with them completely. So they've been sent 64 years. Yes. Apparently. That's a um, really long time. In, in the middle between the first wave and the second wave. Right. Yeah. yeah that's it. So they are waiting. Yeah. <laughs> They are waiting. Um, so she crash lands and Todd sees, basically hears and sees something in the woods mm-hmm. when he's walking with his dog, Manchi, who's very cute. He's like a little mutt, he's basically. So um, and they, he comes across her mm-hmm. and of course freaks out. And again, that's where like, to me, like the 13 year old ish thing comes in yeah. because he's like, he's like, girl, girl, pretty girl. I've never seen a girl before, yeah. girl, girl. Cause he can't actively physically remember what a woman looks like except his mom. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And he keeps saying she's got yellow hair, pretty yellow hair. Um, And she doesn't have noise. So he's very confused by this because he can't hear her thoughts. Um, So he runs. Basically, she takes off because she's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, Understandably, I would as well if I could hear somebody's thoughts. If I landed right next to them, I was like, whoa, what's happening? He runs back to uh, Prentice Town to tell David what he's seen and what he's found. He's trying not to tell anyone else, but if he's garbage at controlling any kind of thought that he has, so everyone hears it. Yeah, he like project, and the same thing happens in the book. He accidentally, but he wasn't going to tell the mayor in the book. He goes to tell Ben. Um, okay but he projects his thoughts too loudly and everyone Everyone hears hears him yeah right so he runs back to do so um and also mentions at the same time he's like she didn't have any noise Mm -hmm. um and then david has to kind of like 
quietly backtrackily kind of be like, oh, well, the women didn't really have noise and stuff. Well, when he went to tell David in the movie, he's like, I saw him. And he keeps saying him because he didn't get a good look at the oh, person. Oh, yeah, he thinks it's a guy. That's yeah. you're right. That's true. And then he says he didn't have any noise. And, and then, David's like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, and then he goes, better go get the girl. And then that's when Todd's like, a girl? A girl. I've never seen a girl before. Why yeah. doesn't she have any noise? And so then he runs back to... Um, the farm, like, he's kind of like, well, I'm not getting involved in this, you know, goes back, and then he's kind of helping, and then he looks over, and uh, in the barn, she's hiding. Um, yeah, Manchi finds her, because she smells her probably, her. so... So he goes and he, in that moment, he makes a decision to help her and mm-hmm. hide her. Um, and uh, so do Ben and Killian, you know, because they are pretty much decent people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, he is hiding her for all of five minutes in the movie before, oh my like, God. Pr- you know, Prentice and all of his men show up. And there's also this really scary preacher who's. Oh, right. In Played this. by David Oyelowo. Yeah. He's a British actor. Um, and yeah, he's. He's your like your typical like religious zealot character yeah. who um feels the need to to like murder to because it's he's supposed to be like some sort of he needs a martyr and he's supposed to be some sort of savior blah yeah. blah blah you need to repent and this and that so I will I will kill in the name of like the Lord basically yeah. he's he's nuts yeah. half of what he says makes no sense to me and Todd keeps getting told by everybody like you know to survive you have to kill or you know you have to kill things it's very like, misogynistic because they're very like be a man yeah be a man be a man about they it be a man lot. about it and yeah like okay Okay. and you can tell that there have just been no women around in a while no exactly and and you know we had a conversation about this as we were watching because it's like you know i have to be a man i have to be a man yeah he keeps doing that and i'm like oh boy he needs somebody to tell him that it's okay to like have feelings yeah exactly um and so then you know they realize that she's in the barn because todd can't hide his thoughts and oh my god he's really bad at it really bad at it but again if he were 12 years old 13 years old it would make more sense the youngest person like you said the youngest person like in the colony or whatever so that's right and so um then they start chasing her she's managed to boot up like a motorcycle in the barn that looks pretty futuristic they're driving it was obviously it came down with the first wave of people chances aren't it just stayed there absolutely and then they're like zooming through the woods they're following her on horseback because again this like you know what's funny and i was saying this to megan is they're like in this society where they came from like super advanced technology yes but they've decided to regress back into like very old ways of being you know yeah, they've decided that's what we were we were trying to compare it to things and i yeah. think like i forget what you brought up another like the giver the um, giver there's also uh the chrysalids was oh like this yeah as well that's true um and like i don't know like more i guess slightly more modern probably like the village from M. Night Shyamalan people who make like a people who make a conscious decision to function in an old world with well I mean you know if you think about it now like Amish communities and things Mm -hmm. like that do you -hmm. know still choose to function with like a much older world sensibility right and the way that they choose not to really use technology very often and stuff like that so it's kind of similar for sure um and so She's driving through the woods. They're chasing her on horseback. And then they come to this cliff. And she goes over. Todd goes over on his horse, which breaks his leg. Oh, my God. And then he has to kill the horse. I think it's, it's really called whiskey. Whiskey. Um, and so then he's following. You know, then he, he decides to go with her. In the book, what happens is, um, actually, he is off on his journey on his own. And he comes across this person who doesn't have noise. And Mm -hmm. so he just decides to like follow her because she's completely silent. So 
she's like following him for a while and he's following her for a while um and not much is being said he's just very much like who he's just confused i guess yeah um but yeah and so same thing so they have this map um that he in the book he got from his mom's diary Mm -hmm. um that ben gave him and so they're walking through the woods they're trying to get to this place called is it far reach Farfetch, um, far, far branch, far branch. Yeah, farfetch. Um, <laughs> it's farfetched. It's farfetched. <laughs> um, and so you know they're going along and they're walking along and you know they have obviously like their their bumps in the road. Um, in the movie, what's different from the book is that um, this spackle. Um, I don't know, community people, uh, in the book, Todd believes, or he's been made to believe that all the spackle are dead. Yes. That they've all been killed out and it was like their own fault kind of thing. Um, but in the movie he keeps saying like, we've got to watch out for the spackle. Yeah. So I guess they did it in a different way where they know that this community, um, of like people essentially in some way, I mean, to us, they seem alienoid, but people in some way existed on the planet already and they're still there and of course you know david prentice has told everyone who well okay all the others are old (laughs) enough to know that that's not the case and they just fell into line but like you know he's told todd and i'm sure a lot of the other younger ones as well that basically there was the war happened between you know the human colonies and the spackle colonies when they arrived and uh the spackle are the ones who killed basically all of the women and several of the men yes my Going back to that, because spoiler alert, we find out that that's not true mm-hmm. later and that because of the whole noise situation, women never had noise. Um, David the preacher said that it's because they have no soul. Yeah, the preacher says that. And then, of course, David, like, turns that into a cult. Thing. Again, a fucking cult. It's a yeah, cult. It's a cult. <laughs> um, he basically used that to convince, I'm sure, many of the people in town to kill the women who yeah. were there, which is how the women in um, Prentice Town were killed. They were not yeah. killed by the spackle at all. Nope. Um, and I'm, I would assume that a portion of the men were killed because they fought against that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and so... Todd and um, Viola. So he finds out that her name's Viola. Yeah, she tells him. Very funny um, in the movie. Like, they do a good job with his noise, but it's just because it doesn't really fit his age. But yeah. I guess, you know. It's still kind of funny. It's, like, it still kind yeah, of works. Like, You're like, it, it kind of works because yeah. you can make the argument that maybe he's not quite as, like, developed because. Because he's, he's been so sheltered yeah, and like, stuff. You know, and so she tells him. <laughs> Her name is Viola, and for like a solid three minutes of the movie, he's just following her going, Viola, Viola. Oh my god, yeah, it's really funny. she's like, oh my god. And he's just like, it's pretty, it's a pretty name. It's a pretty name. Yellow hair, she's pretty. Yellow hair, she's pretty. Uh, And so... So they're walking along. They finally get to, uh, what's it called? Far Branch. Um, yes. And they meet Hildy right away, who's, who's the, the mayor, mayor of Far Branch, played by, um, uh, what's her name? Cynthia Erivo, I think. I don't know. She's also a British actress. There's a lot of British people in this movie. Um, yeah. And he realizes that there are women and yeah. children in this place. Yeah, because he, he immediately, <laughs> his noise goes, she's a woman. She's and a woman. she's like standing there. She's like, yeah, last time last I checked. Time I checked. <laughs> and he's like, she has no noise. The women have no noise. And he's like freaking out about this. Um, um, and the whole town is like, weirded out by them because they're like fuck these guys are from prentice town the people in prentice town are fucked up and that's when you really figure out the cult vibe of it where like everybody outside of prentice town is like "Uh uh-uh not Uh -uh. those guys yeah and they have a rule at far what's it called far Far branch Branch. yeah jesus um (laughs) a far branch where any man from prentice town comes in will immediately get the rope um and so this is where in the book 
this is really key mm-hmm. is um this whole thing about todd not being a man yet yeah that's uh, it and again <laughs> if he were 13 i would be like oh that yeah because you yeah. know hildy says because they're like oh you're we have to kill him basically because he's from prenticetown and she's like he's a kid like, yeah, I know, gonna... and you're like looking at tom holland going hmm. you're like well i mean i hmm. guess oh. i don't know um and yeah and so like they have this rule and in the book the reason why Ben and Killian want to get Todd out of Prentice Town as quickly as possible is because when they become men, yes, um, they become privy to all this information about Prentice Town. Oh, like, right. That they killed the women and that, you know, noise and like all this like, you know, indoctrination of thoughts mm-hmm. um, and to get them to believe that this is the only way of being. And so that's why um, in the other areas of the new world, they they kill these men from Prentice Town on site because they're like, no, we don't want you bringing your your thoughts here. Basically, no, that's it. We don't want you, um, like you know, like converting people to yeah. this way of thinking and yeah. you know, like sort of like building upon the cult that you have going on right now. We don't want that. You know, we don't want it to be any bigger than it already is. So they keep them very segregated, and I think at least up until now, up until everything started happening, Viola landed and they've decided that they need to get her and kill her, et cetera, et cetera, mm. um, that there seems to have been an agreement between Prentice Town and all of these other uh, colonies, including like Far Branch, because yeah. David and Hildy do know each other. Yeah, but I think it was like a like a treaty almost that they drew up. Yeah. Where they're like, you stay on your end of the new world, we'll stay on ours and just don't come just over don't here. Just don't bother each other and yeah. that's fine. So I guess that's what they decide to do. But of course now everything's being broken because David is so... I determined to murder this girl yeah. who's landed there because of course her presence um throws into question potentially at least everything that he has been working towards. That's right. Um and you know Because if people knows- see her as nice and decent, why would they want to kill her? Well, there's also the fact that like she's bringing like so the whole thing in the book and the movie is that she needs to get a signal out to her people because mm-hmm. Her ship was like a miniature ship that was ahead of like the second wave. Yeah, it was like a people. shuttle, I think. Yeah, so it was like a shuttle. So she has to get a, a message out to them to say that she's alive mm-hmm. um, because she's worried that if they see that her ship crashed, they're going to assume that she's dead and they're just going to keep going yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's it. They're going to move on to like the next settlement or yeah. whatever. And she's like, well, we can't have that. I need them to know that I'm okay and I need yeah. them to land and I need them to pick me up. So she needs to get a signal out. So that's part of her reasoning for also going to Far Branch because she's like, maybe they have communication. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have like one of the old communication devices and they can, I can use that. But of mm-hmm. course, unfortunately, upon their arrival, Hildy tells them like all that shit died out like a long time ago. Yeah, We've never used they're it. They're in like survival mode now and they never took care of their technology. Yeah. Or and she said she was like, by the time we like got everything sorted, it wasn't even worth our doing anything yeah. like that. So yeah, so they kind of like hang out there for a couple of days. Everything's kind of like eh, all right, um, and then David Prentice shows up, um, and they in the book they kill everybody who doesn't like agree with them yeah and they kind of so they don't do that in the movie they're trying to convert them more than anything yeah and then like the people in um far branch are kind of like you know what like it's not worth fighting for this for this one girl we don't know like so like here you go have her so um she they end up running off uh i think ben ends up um sacrificing himself well he kind of puts himself out there and he like projects this image of her because like david is like go get her and bring her out here so he like projects an image of her with his noise but it gives them a head start to run 
Um, and so they start running. Preacher catches up with them. He murders the dog. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of animal deaths in this. And I was like, that's sad. That's unnecessary. It's not necessary need... for the plot, no, honestly. No, I didn't, I didn't need that. Like, I get it. Whatever it's supposed to, like, make him more angry and make Todd more angry yeah. and everything. But I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah the preacher catches up to them because they're, like, you know, literally, like, basically on their way down some rapids in, like, a small boat. And yeah. he, like, catches up to them. He tries to get to them. He doesn't. But, of course, he grabs the dog and drowns the dog and it's not oh, cool. it's the worst it's not cool at all i was surprised that they actually went through with it i was like oh really yeah i'm like this is a 2021 movie are we killing a dog i'm like, surprised no yeah i was surprised that they did that um so yeah so they kind of get through that they bond Todd, a little yeah, bit more because you know obviously viola's like i'm sorry like that was awful yeah. um and she's like you're not a you're not a bad person like you're yeah. a good you're a good person mm-hmm. um and they you know bond like they have like a bit of a friendship that starts to form but again this is one of the things where like there are a couple of times where his thoughts and and this I guess this part I can kind of understand because he is a 17 or 18 mm. year old boy who's never been like exposed to a girl especially mm-hmm. not one vaguely in his age range before mm-hmm. so he has these couple of funny times where he's like is she gonna kiss me oh my god it's so funny and, and she's, she's like, like shut I'm the not fuck up and she's you. like no leave me alone like they don't which I do appreciate about this because I'm like you've known each other for like 48 hours yeah exactly um, and so then they make their way over to this place called Haven, which they have like a, um, a contraption, like a ship is where it landed. Yes. Yeah. Originally. It looks like it, it has grown over, like it crashed, I guess. Oh yeah. Like 64 years. Yeah, you know, it's, it's been true. a hot minute. It's been a while. Um, so, you know, she goes climbing down, um, to find like this place to signal. Todd has to climb up and like attach an antenna. Fix the antenna because it's not working. And then meanwhile, like Prentice and all of his men and like, I think, like, they don't mention it, but in the book, he's, like, acquired a bigger following at this point. Oh, um, okay. And so, like, this is where the first book ends. So they don't actually make it to Haven. Right, of to... course. No, because if it's three novels. Then... Well, that's it. So they don't make it there. Um, in the book, he acquires a bigger following as he's moving through these towns. Uh, he kills Hildy, I believe, in the book. Oh, really? Yeah, and then he names himself, like, the like the leader of leader. the new world. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um that would actually make sense because he also has his again, like a good cult leader, he's also got his saying where he's just like, I am the circle, the circle is me. And he yeah, projects that chant- with his noise yeah. all the time and he gets everybody. It's like a brainwashing thing where he gets everyone to start doing the exact same thing. Exactly. Um and so but in the movie they you know he attaches the antenna, she gets her signal out but then there's, of course, like the big showdown fight where um, the preacher shows up and he starts like kind of like bashing um, what's her face. Yeah, he attacks Viola. So they have their showdown and then David and Todd have their showdown because David um, kills Ben. Yes. Um, in the book, another thing about like being a man is that the passage into manhood is to kill another man. Oh. And so that's why the preacher in the book, in the movie keeps saying like, I am a sacrifice. Like I will oh. be set on fire. Like, because he believes that his true like calling or true meaning in life is to be taught like the, Todd specifically because he's the last Mm -hmm. boy. Okay. Oh, one thing that I did mention that I actually did um, like is when they are sitting up on like a big fire tower that they found there and they're commiserating over the fact that Manchie's been killed. Um, I really appreciated, what I really appreciated was that conversation that they kind of subtly, subtly have, but that's one of the things where they attack like the misogyny of it where, you know... (laughs) 
Okay, okay, I think I'm good. <laughs> the misogyny of it. <laughs> where um, they're having this conversation and she's, you know, he's saying like, no, it's fine, I'm fine. Where he, yeah. he keeps thinking about Manchi and she can yeah. see it, right? Because he manifests yeah. it with his oh, noise. And she's, so she's basically telling him like, it's okay to feel be sad about it like it's okay to feel bad about it you yeah. know because they have their whole like suck it up and be a man rub some dirt on it kind yeah, of mentality because like he keeps saying like I have to be a man I have to be a man yeah. and she's kind of like um it's okay men can also feel things and that's not a bad thing yeah. like it's fine it's mm-hmm. no big deal so that is that is nice because it at least like kind of brings that part full circle right. um and I think that uh, that probably helps him to a certain extent when it comes to like his and David's like fight after yes. pretty much. Oh um, yeah, like in the movie, yeah, he fights to the death with David. Well, technically Viola kills David, but yeah. Oh yeah, she does. She does. She, she, she kills, kills everybody. She, she kills, kills the everybody. preacher and she kills David. Well, see, so this is symbolic in the book because she doesn't want him to kill anybody. Because oh, she doesn't, okay. She doesn't want him to think that like now he's one of them right. because it was like his like upbringing was like you have to kill someone to be a man Mm -hmm. you know so I think she was trying to save him from that in the book is she older than him uh I think they're about the same age interesting yeah I think because they are like two teenagers no I get that I just would have thought she would have been like a few years older than him or something because it seems like she has a lot of responsibility for somebody who's very (laughs) but I also think that it's because of like her upbringing because probably she was on that like ship with her parents it was just yeah. her, and her parents and yeah like, I guess she was just going with them yeah. to do this and obviously they weren't going to leave her so they'd like never see her again basically they were right. just bringing her with okay um right so yeah so it turns into obviously obviously there are some fights people are injured um and then Viola shows up at the last minute to kill Prentice she like you know they get into a fight and she pushes him over a ledge that falls and he falls like way way down several stories into the ship and presumably dies yeah like this is like past like the first book in this trilogy like I would assume that this must happen later on yeah you know to our earlier point I don't think they had any plans to make this into like three movies no probably not so it kind of it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. um yeah so we uh obviously so obviously Todd was injured um so he you know loses consciousness and comes to again that's always a cliche they lose consciousness after the final fight and they come to to have a conversation with either their friend or love interest or whoever in a new place so he comes to on because of course she was able to send out the signal like the homing signal basically to um her larger ship yes they find them at the end and so todd wakes up in like the infirmary basically of the ship and they have a conversation where like you know because he keeps thinking she's gonna leave him and i'm like why wouldn't she just bring him with her that doesn't make sense oh yeah sorry that's the difference in the book sorry at the end of the first book Viola gets shot. Okay. And she's about to die. And so Todd has to take her to this place called Haven mm-hmm. where Prentice has like dubbed himself like the leader of the new world. Oh. And so the only way of getting her saved is to like kind of agree to be part of his following. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. that's so much better. It is so much better. I mean, like, it's, it's also, like, I get it because it's like sequel bait, yeah. but still, that's interesting. Okay, wow. Yeah, because it's, so it's a lot more like wrapped up in a bow yeah. in the film in the sense it's sort of like, yeah, okay, so we're here now and we're the second wave and we're gonna get things properly sorted. I would assume that the point of this would be that like, you know, 
Prentice's people, like everything, the whole sensibility of it and the cultness of it will kind of die out because now you've cut the head off the snake. Right. Um, although you never know because like, couldn't it potentially continue with his son? Oh yeah, by the way, oh, yeah. we never mentioned one time, but David Prentice has a son who's, who they call Davey, who's played by Nick Jonas, who does nothing in this movie. But in the book, he actually plays a much bigger part and he's a total little shit. I mean, he's a bit of a shit in the movie, but he has like two scenes, and yeah, I he's and like he, a frat boy shit. In yeah, the movie. like he popped up, and I was like, "Oh, Nick Jonas is in this? That's yeah, weird." And yeah. then he didn't do anything, and I was like, "What was the, what was the point of this? What was to the point of this Nick cast?" <laughs> he was like, "I was bored. I needed to do something." <laughs> yes. Um, so that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, it's a very middle of the road kind of feeling for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think you and I have said this, like as a rule, we're, we're not the biggest fans of like sci-fi. We're not the biggest fans of dystopian. Yeah. And this is definitely obviously is much more sci-fi than any other, than like a lot of other types of like, you know, dystopian fiction when you compare it to things like the Hunger Games or like a Clockwork Orange and stuff like that. This is much more science fiction because of course we're on a new planet. And people are coming down from space. He keeps calling her space girl. I know. It's great. Like, it is funny. Like, I will give this movie that. Like, we did have quite a few laughs. Yeah, like, there were some some decent moments of, like, you know, like, comedic timing and stuff. Mostly to do with the dialogue that, like, you know, it did work well. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think it was just, I think it was just overall, it was just a middle of the road kind of, a middle of the road kind of story screenplay I guess and like based in that performances as well like everyone was fine yeah like it's like one of those like okay I'm gonna watch it once and then I'm gonna mostly forget everything that happens in this movie you know um unlike you know ABC's adaptation of Dirty Dancing oh my god stop it you're obsessed oh you're obsessed Shireen recently got me to watch the 2017 um made for tv version of Dirty Dancing that was made if nobody knew that this existed it's a thing starring Abigail Breslin um the most miscast Abigail Breslin character I've ever seen her play ever ever in anything so um memorable for all the it reasons. was an experience <laughs> that I you know what just for shits and gigs I would probably repeat <laughs> It was, I, I've been telling Megan for months that she has to watch this and finally we did. And, um, yeah, it's oh very boy. memorable. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. If you are the type of person who really, really enjoys like laughing at people through a film, yeah. this is probably the movie for you. Like that's probably something you should check Definitely. out. Um, <clears throat> but we digress. Oh yeah. Um, so much. I this were... has nothing to do with anything. But anyway, I'm surprised that this movie was made because everything about it feels so middling and middle of the road, I think. It's like, honestly, like, it's almost like they gave up, like, halfway I'm through. I'm surprised that Patrick Ness wrote the screenplay for I this. I was. Like, when that popped up at the end, I was like, oh. What? <laughs> but, like, the screenplay wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't a bad adaptation no. of a movie. Like, if you ask me, like, was the book better? Yeah, the book was better. Of course, yeah. Because um, there were more details. Unsurprising. Kind of pulled the, the story together a lot better. Sure. I didn't hate that like Todd and Viola were older in this one. Um, no. And I think like, you know, if they had done maybe a little bit of a better adaptation for Todd in that way, it would have been good. But like, it just, it just felt like they tried, but they didn't really care that much. No. I wonder if it's like that element of the pandemic came in, like they had a big plan to do they this. They had a big budget for delayed. something. They decided to stick a big cast and hope that I guess that would help with things. Yeah. It just, that's it. It wasn't a bad film. It wasn't a badly made film, but it, 
it didn't have the strengths that it should have. Like, it didn't have enough strengths to make it a great film. Yeah, like, it's one of those, like, the plot is pretty good, mm-hmm. and the plot, if if it had been done well enough, it could have been, like, a blockbuster, kind of like Ella Hunger Games kind of thing. But it's so hard to make films like this set in worlds that don't exist. Mm-hmm. You have to make TV shows. Like, I think you that's do. just what's happening like at this point. And yeah, stuff. I yeah. think that's just what's happening at this point, is that there are so um, many types of stories like these but because the world that it exists in is so um expansive Mm -hmm. and there's so much to it doing it in one film is just not something you can do easily you need to have your trilogy or you you need need to have your mini series or your tv show whatever it might be like you also have to like fall in love with the character you do and there's no time to do that in two hours exactly and like that's a really big thing with any of these types of like books like you have to really be vouching for the characters because at the end of the day like there's so much shit going on like there's so much so many bad things happening and everybody's kind of crap that Mm -hmm. you really just want to root for that main character like I was rooting for Tom Holland to a certain extent but it's because it was Tom Holland like yeah and you were like oh okay well I hope everything goes well yeah let me know how that goes yeah that's (laughs) it but it just again could have been if he was a little if the character was played by a slightly younger actor probably would have worked better Jacob Trombley oh yeah maybe maybe yeah also there were a couple of really interesting and I know it's so silly but a couple of really interesting flubs of at one point his Todd's character um gets like hurt when he falls down with his horse when he falls down the yeah. mountain he has like a big gash on the back of his shoulder and one on the oh, side yeah. of his arm and about that two really scenes you. yeah and about two scenes later he's walking around in a sleeveless shirt and both of those wounds are gone and I'm like okay yeah the big gash on okay their continuity department maybe we yeah. could just you know maybe yeah. we could pay attention that's to that's why I'm saying it's like it felt like they gave up halfway yeah through, like they couldn't know. really be bothered to make a great film they just bothered to make a fine film yeah yeah, that's pretty much what it was. But anyway, have you guys actually seen Chaos Walking? Because I'd be curious. I feel like no one ever talks about it ever. So I'd be curious to know if anybody's watched it, uh, read the books, and or if they have any opinions on it that are the same or differing from ours. So you guys can let us know about that over on Instagram at FullyBookedCA. And you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still with us, um, which I hope you are, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the episodes out in front of more people but until next week guys keep on reading thanks everyone